0: We're here to talk
1: about. Due to adult um, content, uh, parental parental discretion is is (laughs) advised. To begin. To begin. Are you watching closely? How to start? I just. Once
0: again, my Professor Sarah Bosch. What plaything can you offer me today? In Life Itself, a memoir, Roger E. Begins. I was born inside the movie of my life. I was born. A poor black child.
1: The visuals were before me. I was born in it, molded by it. The audio surrounded me. The
0: plot unfolded inevitably, but not necessarily. I don't remember how I got into the movie, but it continues to entertain me. first, the frames flicker without connection.
1: We all are born with a certain package. We are who we are where we were born, who we were born as, how we were raised. We're kind of stuck inside that person. And the purpose of civilization and growth is to be able to reach out and empathize a little bit with other people. And for me, the movies are like a machine that generates empathy. It lets you understand a little bit more about different hopes, aspirations, dreams, and fears. It helps us to identify with the people who are sharing this journey with us.
0: Here's the deal. Just give me the facts. Just the facts. Only the facts. Breathe. Focus. Keep it simple.
1: No, 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 no doubt, no doubt.
0: Okay. Welcome to Cock and Bull Minute, a Tristram Shandy story. A podcast in which, eventually, ostensibly, at some point, We will be talking about the 2005 film Tristram Shandy, A Cock and Bull Story, one minute at a time. Good
1: lord, what is this story all about?
0: Cock and a Bull Story. Here's your host, me, Robert Black. We're here to talk about Birdman versus Synecdoche, New York. Once again, my guest, Professor Sarah Black. Hi. Hello.
2: I like that both Birdman and Synecdoche use theater as a metaphor because theater in a way is like the beginning of thought that we told for a public audience. Yeah you see love through theater, messiness and just like life all the mistakes are laid bare and of mm-hmm. course our, our daughter Sarah does theater and mm-hmm. she said what she likes about it is you just you have to be on all the time and you get that immediate connection and feedback and interaction and if you screw up, guess what they see it It's not like you're gonna do another take of it and that's life too. You might get to make amends, you might get to have another chance, but your mistake is still out there and people are shaped by it and how they Mm -hmm. communicate with each other later on are going to be partly based on those mistakes and those choices that we make.
1: Well, this ain't the movies. It's about putting your life on the line every day. Knowing someone there's a bullet with your name on it. Well, you found yours, you son of a bitch. (laughs) <laughs> what I like those assholes in the movies. You get to go back to your million dollar beach house and your bimbos and your blowjobs and you get 17 takes to get it right. We get one take. It lasts our whole lives. We mess it up and we're dead.
2: Both films using theater in this way is fitting. And one more thing about the, the diary. Adele asks him not to read their daughter Olive's diary. So yeah. of course he does. And even though... She's writing in German somehow he's able or she's in Germany is somehow able to keep up with reading it which he's hearing in her increasingly German voice, uh-huh. which I also New find entries hilarious after and, she's been gone. And then she also gets progressively more tattooed, which the tattoos eventually kill her. Yep.
0: Ich have a
2: Ich auch. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this film. Yeah. It's hard to keep up with it.
0: Yeah, the tattoos die first.
2: And what's with Adele's paintings being so tiny? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I think as a, as a visual thing, it's sort of a, a juxtaposition with Caden's play. Is His play mm-hmm. just keeps getting bigger and bigger. That, but yeah. also gets tiny because he has to keep putting a small version of his play inside his play inside his play and she's she's producing reality in these tiny, tiny little ends. things. Yeah. Which were apparently real paintings for the movie as well. With, done for the movie.
2: Chagass is another just playing with reality just like memory and time and everything else our perspective is going to be based on a very specific mm-hmm. just spatial reference. So I mean there can be to give another cliche like an entire universe inside of an atom yeah. but then we can't look
1: kid next to you passes you a joint and gives you this hey uh, listen man how do i know that this whole planet isn't conceivably just like an electron <laughs> in some other atom you want to get the hell out of here with that kind of talk freud i'm um, high. I don't need this kung fu shit right now, okay Grasshopper? How do I know what color blue is to you? It's
0: the color blue to me! Yeah, check the crayon box ass, alright?
1: I'm fucking high over here.
0: I like, I like her art form as an art form, like yeah. I wanna to go to an exhibit like that, cause essentially you have to look at the painting before you know what the painting is. Yeah. And then you have to look closely to even yeah. get it, so you have to focus.
1: must focus. Concentrate. Focus. Most important.
0: You can't just be, like, across the room experiencing this giant thing. You have to narr- like be just there with the painting.
2: That's what theater and film is when it's mm-hmm. good as well. It's an immediacy to yes. painting. Completely give yourself over to that, and you become part of this world. And I think that's what I also love about Charlie Kaufman is... Though his worlds are so absurd, I enjoy being part of them. Mm-hmm. It's like a really great film will take you outside of your own head for a period of time and put you around, in, so like, in a shared space. With, yeah. <laughs> and he's brilliant at that.
0: We said a couple episodes ago, like, the closest hit of his films that takes place in, like, reality is maybe adaptation. Yeah. But essentially, that's taking place in his head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and we... Do you say all of the characters in his world are his subconscious? Cadence? Yeah. And are all the characters in all our worlds just our subconscious renderings of I,
0: them? I don't think in his literally they are, but yes. I think that's how they represent. Because they they are, ver- I mean, there's versions of him. And there's ver- versions of Hazel. And then those lines between the different versions get mixed a couple times. Where, uh, what's the guy who's playing him? I forget his name. Who we first see in that scene with his daughter when it, with the green coat you keep talking about. Yeah. But he is having an affair with the real Hazel, which mm-hmm. is a problem, because the yeah. fake Hazel <laughs> and the real Caden aren't having. And then at the end, Caden himself gets replaced.
2: Just difficult to deconstruct, because if all characters are his subconscious, then or if all characters are all of our subconscious, to a degree, we all have a form of solipsism syndrome, which is an actual psychological condition or state in which a person feels that reality is not external to his or her own mind. And people are more likely to have solipsism syndrome if they've had periods of extended isolation or loneliness. And that's a running theme, I think, also through a lot of Kaufman's films, this isolation and loneliness aspect. But then that would mean nobody has... Agency, which is a very kind of post Or everyone does. Exactly. That's what I was going to get to. However, he also says there are 13 million people in this mm-hmm. world. There are 13 million people on his set. None of those people is an extra. They're all a lead in their own stories.
1: There are nearly 13 million people in the world. I can you imagine that many people? And none of those people is an extra. They're all leads of their own stories have to be given their due. I know how to do it now. There are 13 million people in this world. Can you imagine how many people that is? None of those people are an extra. They're all the lead in their own story. They have got to be given their due. You see what I'm saying?
2: It's pretty wild if you think about it. There's 7.3 roughly or so billion people on Earth, maybe more by now, and we're all the leads of our own story mm-hmm. and we see a very tiny, tiny, just view of something, but seven point there's 7.3 <laughs> billion other realities. Yeah.
0: Which you could mm-hmm. take as, as you say, not having agency or agency, you could take that number as it makes you feel insignificant and nothing or no. Cause right now in this location, I'm making the decisions for what I'm doing. Those 7.3 billion people, most of them are just abstract numbers, you
2: know? Right. <laughs> I haven't
0: seen most of those people. Yeah.
2: I think we might feel a little bit too much of that though, and that's why we make the poor individualistic yes. decisions that we make, especially in this country Yes, we this country we other do people do. As numbers. <laughs> we take
0: that as a slogan. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so we also have a postmodernist idea of the simulacra in this film saying we cast people in roles to fulfill our needs and then we cast replacements for them, essentially a caricature of a caricature.
0: yeah
2: And one thing before, I guess we talk about the en- end of the film and its meaning, Michelle Williams is Claire. We didn't really talk about Michelle Williams' no, Claire no. character <laughs> at all. One of her quotes is, knowing that you don't know is the first and most essential step to knowing. Mm-hmm. We could use a lot more of that attitude.
1: I don't know what I'm doing. That's what's so refreshing. Knowing that you don't know is the first and the most essential step to knowing. You know. I, mean, you don't, have books about eyes, so. I don't know. The story
2: of how Claire became Claire—I believe she's in the restaurant talking about talking to him about how maybe she's somewhere else. See, memories are. You leaving. mean where
0: she first comes up?
2: Yeah, where she. Well, she's in debt of the salesman. Yeah, but she when she's with Caden and she's explaining how she became Oh like, yeah. Like how she essentially became an actress and took it reminded me of Leslie scene.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so she also tells Charlie excitedly, I used to be a baby during her mother's funeral. And the <laughs> casket is a tiny baby sized casket, even though her mother's supposed to be. <laughs> yes. So, it's another fun bit of surrealism and playing with reality there. Michelle Williams, as always, does a great job. In
0: the <laughs> only flashback in the movie, or in the play. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure if that's in the play. And there I have just conflated Claire's mother's funeral and Ellen's mother's funeral. So everything and all the characters in this film definitely blend together. But let it continue. Yeah. Because the actress who plays her mother is the actress who shows up on the bench at the, in the last scene of the film.
2: And that's purposeful. we yes. You're not supposed to, exactly. Well, because <laughs> yeah. that
0: may be Caden's mother depending on how you read the scenes.
2: And what did you want to say before? it we Well, I, I just
0: wanted, to, it goes to that as well with his replacement, is him taking on the role of the cleaning lady. Right. Which he takes on sort of accidentally. Yeah. But then in the end, she's the one who takes over his role as director. And I, I'm, I was thinking about that as what it means for him as a character and what it means for the film. Because as a character, it could just be like, he's been doing this directing role and he needs to have something subservient and like actual daily work to get back in touch with like the thing he's trying to create this reality. But if it takes over in the end, uh, is he becoming more of the Willie Loman than the Caden Cotard? Like the person who's working himself to death.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure quite.
0: Some of the replacement character moments are weird. And that one even brings up a a strange theory that people have online Mm -hmm. is that when all is dying, she claims that he left her and her, his right. her mother to go have sex with another man,
2: yeah,
0: uh, named Eric, right? Yeah. And what is the cleaning lady's name? You have the names written down. I forgot.
2: I don't have her name right. Her husband's yeah. name that
0: she had that left her was named Eric. Oh, uh, yeah. So he's accused of having had an affair with some named Eric, who is his replacement's husband. So some people think that the whole point is that he's actually, it's like he's a closeted homosexual, and that's the one moment of truth is when Olive says that. I'm like, it doesn't fit the whole film, but I like the interpretation of the scene as being met, because in the end he takes on a role of a woman by taking over her place, and she takes over his place. I mean,
2: taking on the role of a woman doesn't necessarily (laughs) align or have anything to do with homosexuality. No, no. Also, homosexuality... Well, maybe it's know. not
0: homosexual. He's a tra- he's like a closeted like transgender maybe, or he's he's. I
2: I don't know. I don't see it and, that specific. But then people
0: discussing it I have problematic yeah. wording, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to get in this discussion.
2: I mean, I think it's up to anyone in the audience what their read, and if they yeah. like that read, or if say anybody who is a part of like a community find like likes that read or Mm -hmm. finds like comfort in Kaufman's discussion of that awesome. Well, right. If it was a trans person who said this, I'd be like, oh,
0: (laughs) that's great. But it wasn't where I first saw it. And I'm like, I think you're reading something.
2: I'm not Kaufman, so I can't speak for him, but it seems like he's making a more general philosophical argument about everybody kind of being everybody and everybody. Right. The gender part isn't
0: relevant. It's more about the different (laughs) people. And maybe Olive just can't see that. Maybe that's the point to her accusation she yeah. doesn't understand it
2: but it is odd that the film specifically says anal sex with his homosexual like why yeah why have something that specific so is there a part of Kaufman that probably or maybe like struggles or didn't get to explore bisexuality or other than possibly i mean there are there's a very large percentage of people who are Bisexual or half bisexual mm-hmm. tendencies who have basically been erased or told bisexuality isn't a thing or it's evil or you have to suppress it. So yeah. could he have that part of his psyche? Abs- absolutely. Or read if that not Kaufman yeah. is,
0: does Caden, you yeah. know, you could read this. Oh right, right, Caden. That's what I meant. Oh, okay. I thought you, you were Caden. deliberately no. I have no idea. No, no. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, Kaufman put that scene in because yeah, Caden. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When I realized that the that the the name Eric was also the husband, I'm like oh, okay. <laughs> But it also comes back to like a universality and interchangeability of identity with all the people.
2: Something I've noticed with films is I tend to connect more to the philosophical and the abstract Hmm. rather than remember characters' names or a lot of specifics. There are times I'll even be an hour into a film and I'll be like, what's their name? Terrible at remembering characters' names. My brain is on kind of a different type of with journey. With Kaufman, yeah. you can't
0: always do that, though, because he uses the one to connect with the other sometimes. But I think you also but you can, can e- yeah.
2: experience Kaufman's world without getting... Like, the details are great, and some of them, like the pig commercials, are just mm-hmm. hilarious.
0: Nobody will ever notice that. Filmmaking is not about the tiny details. It's about the big picture.
2: But I don't know that Kaufman wants us to get so bogged down necessarily remembering all of those either. I think he wants to take your mind on a different type of journey. Kaufman has a good understanding of memory, clearly, based on the films that he creates. So I feel like he would understand that humans aren't even in short-term memory equipped to remember specifically that many details. So I don't think his intention is for us to get hung up on that so much as being on the journey and then the larger philosophical meanings.
0: Well, that's like uh Ellen. It's Ellen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone calls Caden that early in the film, even before we've met Ellen as a character. So he, he, yeah, he maybe doesn't need us to remember it. But if we notice it, like if you watch it a second mm-hmm. time, you would catch little details like that. May, like maybe you don't see the guy who plays Caden in the play. Standing by the building and early in the film. But when you watch it again, you're like, oh shit, he's that early in the thing? He has been following him around for, I think he says 12 years or something like that.
2: And that's a whole other aspect with names that we hadn't talked about. Our names are one of the first, maybe the first part of our identities and they're given to us by other people. Mm -hmm. And our names can shape who we are, at least on small, on a small level. Like I've always liked the fact that Sarah means princess, even though Sarah is a very basic, popular name, I've always liked it and I'm like, that's cool, that is a nice, positive <laughs> meaning. Have you ever thought about your name or liked it or disliked?
0: I don't know about li- liked it, I mean it's fine, but there have been moments where I didn't because it is like a basic name that mm-hmm. everyone knows, but then I, I was just thinking as you said that about, who we've already mentioned her, Sayre, yeah. our daughter is when she goes to, like, a coffee place and they ask her name, they almost always get it wrong. And so what does that do to her head when people don't get her name? Or does that make it better? I don't know.
2: Exactly. And we asked her parents, gave her that name, but I'm not sure we thought about that part those now. consequences <laughs> that deeply. So, parents, be careful when you're naming your children. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, it's a great name. I don't think it's hurt her at all with, like... Job opportunities, or, just a whole yeah. other off-topic off thing where there's racial discrimination mm-hmm. just based solely on names itself, yep. themselves. I don't think she's suffered in any like personal or professional way because of her name even being as different as it is. But it would still definitely have an effect, like you said, even having to tell somebody your name yeah. over and over and over again. But, you're const- but maybe that's <laughs> a
0: positive in a way because you're constantly reaffirming who you are.
2: Yeah, and then maybe the other person's more likely to remember it because it's so different. I don't know. That's slightly off-topic, but... Is <laughs> it? <laughs> we, we, I forgot what show this is. We're allowed to go totally <laughs> off-topic into, yeah, a thing about names. But we get toward the end of the film, and the end is built into the beginnings. So, quote, I'm a mess, but we fit, don't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great line. And then Caden says he has a title for his play. He says, I have a title, an obscure moon highlighting an obscure world. Well, I have a new title, infectious diseases in cattle.
0: (laughs) What? Yeah.
2: What is happening here? I don't
0: know. He has several titles through the play and none of them.
2: (laughs) The new title of his play is infectious diseases in cattle. That's the...
0: Which goes back to the cow at the beginning talking about the secret truth underneath everything.
2: Cows, pigs, uh, yeah. (laughs) The... The set is breaking down. We see, just like he's well, nearing uh, the end. As of far life. as we can
0: tell, the world outside is breaking down. Like the world has ended. His world just takes longer to get it.
2: Yeah. So the outside world's breaking down. The inside world's breaking down. We have more graffiti. We have rats in the corridor because nobody's running the elevator anymore. Near the end of our lives, we have difficulty thinking and connecting thoughts and. That's how I saw the elevator metaphor. And then we go from being the star of our own play to him saying, you realize you're not special. Everyone is everyone.
1: What was once before you, an exciting, mysterious future, is now behind you. Lived, understood, disappointing. You realize you are not special. You have struggled into existence and are now slipping silently out of it. This is everyone's experience. Every single one. The specifics hardly matter. Everyone is everyone. So you are Adele, Hazel, Claire, Olive. You are Ellen. All her meager sadnesses are yours. All her loneliness, the gray straw-like hair, her red raw hands, it's yours. It is
2: time for you to understand this. And part of the wisdom of getting older is all those things that you were worried about. Oh my gosh, do I have a sore on my face? Like it's happening there. You realize no one was watching you, and they never really were because they were starring in their own play inside their own head. And even if somebody looked at you and they were like, "Wow, you would." That person has a giant stone on their face. Likely it was a fleeting thought and not anything they were thought of beyond. Right. Them. Even yeah. if it
0: fascinated them that entire day, is that everything that connects with you? If they know you, probably not. Yeah. If they don't know you, who
2: cares? Exactly. I don't know, though. In 2020, in the time this film's come out with social media, and now everyone really is feeling like everybody is watching them uh-huh. and our socially constructed images who we are. And we don't know how much But that seems to give people
0: some weird confidence, too, where they think everything they say matters.
2: Some people. <laughs> yeah. We don't know the full effects of mm-hmm. that yet. We're starting to see them yeah. politically. And we get the time flip back from 743 to 744.
1: Now you are here. It's 743. Now you are here. It's 744.
2: Now you are... So the end yeah. is the beginning. Mm-hmm. And right at the moment, he says he knows how to do the play is when he dies, which...
0: As he's sitting on the bench with either Ellen's mother or his mother or just everyone's mother, Ellen tells him to die.
1: I don't want to do this play now. I have an idea. I think... If everyone...
0: So, we know the answer to this one, but it's have to ask, which one's better?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think for me, we know it's going to be resoundingly synecdoche, New York. To be fair, I went into watching both films liking Charlie Kaufman and remembering, but not remembering why, because again, I have a terrible memory for details when it comes to films. One of the things with with you and I is, like, you would be quoting movies with yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't remember movie quotes. I remember <laughs> feelings for movies. I remember themes from movies. I remember things I've thought about, like, but I don't... Well, you got to know the
0: particulars.
2: For, but maybe I don't. We can be different on this. I don't remember the particulars. See, particular I hope colors. the I listeners
0: don't. got that, because I just yeah. quoted Birdman. Oh,
2: nice. <laughs> cool see i already didn't get that even though we just talked about it i was like hey that's kind of rude but no i'm just
0: kidding i wouldn't know you'd have to know the particulars but i think what you're saying
1: is
2: i i don't remember the particulars so i didn't remember why i was kind of irked by birdman and i'm the kind of person who can be wrong on art and films and things all the time so when i sat down to watch both of them again i fully prepared to give them a good shot, I was like, maybe I'll see Birdman differently. And that's the thing about a film too. You can watch it, and then you can watch it years later, and maybe you have a totally different mm-hmm. read, you're in a different space. But having watched them both, clearly, I prefer anyone to actually listen to the last few episodes. Clearly, I prefer okay. Synecdoche, New York, and Charlie Kaufman, but as this is your bracket... Uh, I, I would know. also
0: pick <laughs> Synecdoche, but it's slightly different than a, I think... Think Birdman might still be a better directed film hmm. because I mean this is Coppola's first time directing, so that's fine, and he's dealing with a lot of very big stuff. But it also some of that stuff that I think might be flaws in the directing it might also be deliberate choices because he's also the writer. Hmm. He's going for certain things. Where Inaritu is very confident filmmaker when he makes Birdman. He's already made a bunch. Yeah. But and I do still still think Birdman's good. It's you it is problematic in its messaging but i think there's i unlike you i think there is room for movies about bad people as long as the film doesn't promote their badness oh well, wait Which i don't I've think got the film to does. say
2: i don't i never said that there isn't room for them oh, i'm no, saying I don't. there there are way too many of them and not yes. enough of other things
0: oh absolutely see i have a hard time sometimes just with that statement that there's not enough of other things cuz there's lots of other things and you would know you've seen lots of other i mean like you've used to when there were movie theaters, <laughs> you would go to the independent theater to see things and see documentaries and stuff. I think for, yeah, just general audience, there's too much of certain kind of white, male-centric, like, egocentric characters that
2: people are seeing. People say they exist because women. they sell, but they also sell because they exist. It's a yeah. self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> exactly.
0: So, yes, people should see other things. and But b- both of these movies are about that, but one does it better.
2: And I like that even if you still like Birdman that I gave you a new way to think about mm-hmm. or
0: something. I actually kind of want to watch it again for that. Not right, not immediately, but thinking about it a different way next time. And it's still on my list of like, if I kept doing movies by minutes for years, Birdman or Sonexky would both be ones mm-hmm. that would be worth doing because their details are interesting to draw upon. Can you remind the listeners where they can hear more from you?
2: So you can hear more of me discussing music, and autobiography, and political and social commentary on Life is a Playlist, and you can follow my Life is a Playlist accounts on all the major social media, so I hope you'll check that out.
0: And you can hear us both on Pump Up the Minute, looking at Pump Up the Volume, four-minute segments, and talking about society and current events and politics and music history and lots of other stuff.
1: I thinking about myself.
0: Thank you for listening. This has been Cock and Bull Minute, a Trish from Shandy story. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cock Minute. Find more content at lemmingdrops.com.
1: Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a Mandalorian? Why would you create such an abomination? This is the weapon of the coward. The, uh, it's a past stuff that dreams are made of. Cut That's a wrap. It's over, Jenny. It's over. Nothing is over. Nothing. You're still here? You just don't turn it off. It's over. Go home.
2: Go.